Welcome to Kingdom.Think. Today we're covering 2 Chronicles 19 and 20 and 2 Timothy 2. We are reading um, the Bible in one year and we are so close. I always get anxious when I'm at the end of something. It only feels like I'm near the end because the papers feel very small, but I got a long ways to go still. Um, But I hope you've enjoyed this reading and I hope you're doing your reading on your own. It's so, so important because I'm just sharing my tidbits and I'm sharing my insights based on what's going on in my life right now. When you read it, you're going to discover things. It's going to speak to you because it's a living, breathing um, text and it's God's word. It's his breath in this word. And so it will speak to your soul in a whole different way. And the whole purpose of kingdom.think is to wake up your spirit and your soul, to wake up your soul to its true identity so that you can know who you are in Christ, so that you can, um, because our soul, our spirit has gotten so clouded by this world, this reality. And, and honestly, by Satan just keeping us distracted, keeping us busy, keeping us um, um, fighting and division and all the things that keep us separate from knowing who we truly are. So that's the purpose of reading kingdom.think so you can know your identity because you're the king, the sons and daughters of a king. So we are reading 2 Timothy 2 and Paul is still talking to Timothy again, reminding him um, how to lead the church and bringing things to his attention that are going to happen probably amongst groups of people, which is so typical when you have a group of people, everybody's different. And there's going to be people in there who like are bad apples or um, um, that will infect or affect or influence other people. So he's trying to teach Timothy, be a strong leader and make sure it's kind of like when you're going to send somebody out and you say, hey, I know it looks sunny right now, but it's going to rain later, later on. So you should take a jacket or you should take an umbrella, but it's not raining. Trust me, it's going to happen. So then the person takes a jacket and how much more prepared they are when they see it coming. And that's kind of what he's telling Timothy. It's like, okay, these things are going to come. I've seen it already. I know it's going to happen. So be prepared. Teach the people before it happens so that they're prepared. So here he's talking about false teachers. How do, and he's saying, avoid godless chatter. And I bring that out because in chapter one, he said the same thing. Avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Their teachings will spread like gangrene. So even amongst the people, he's saying, hey, stay away from negative talk. It's going to infect your people like gangrene. And teach them to to just not to gossip, teach them not even careless talk. I'm, in my opinion, I don't even think careless talk. Well, chatter. What's chatter? Nagging about, oh, I'm so tired or, oh, things are so hard. Nagging, whining, or gossiping about somebody or or talking about somebody in a negative way. Like, oh, that person, you know, that kind of stuff. Why? Because it'll infect the group of people like gangrene. Okay, moving on, let's see. Um, And then let me read a little, some just, ah, so good. Let's see. Verse 22, flee the evil desires of your youth and pursue righteousness, faith, 
love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of pure heart. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments. Because you know they produce quarrels. It doesn't matter. Remember, he said, you're not, you're not timid. You have power. You have self-discipline. And you have love. But if there's a stupid argument going on, don't, there's, no re- and there's no reason to argue. Simply walk away. You know your truth. You know you're powerful. You know your love. Um, and you know you have self-discipline. Enough self-discipline to walk away from an argument. And let the foolish people be foolish. As you're over here handling your business, making sure things are taken care of well. Because you know they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servants must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to knowledge of the truth. And they will come to their senses and escape from the trap the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. Wow. So Satan is using people to do his will. So if you're going up against someone, understand that the person isn't their behavior, that Satan's using them um, so if you, as, to the best of your ability, try to encourage them. To the best of your ability, try to help them into repentance, help, help them see the light. And how is that done? Kindness and um, respectfulness, even though they're being nasty and awful. But if you can stand in your truth and you really know who you are and you know your identity, then you can do it. Even when they're going crazy and acting like, a fool or being quarrelsome or being nasty or being awful, you can stand your truth. That's the purpose of reading. That's why you want to read your Bible every day. That's what kingdom.think is so important. If you know your identity, if you know who you are, you can stand firm even against quarrelsome people, even against awful people. And you can even see them as a soul, as a spirit. And they are not their behavior. Um, but you're not timid. You can stand strong, stand firm. You have power. You have love. And you have self-discipline. So you can stand up against your enemy. Um, but just keep in mind that the enemy is using them to, to hurt you and to hurt other people. And you don't need to be forceful or angry you just need to stand firm. So good. Isn't that so good? And whatever is speaking to you in your life, and, and it's very applicable in many aspects of our life, wherever you're at. It could be a small quarrel. It could be a large one. It could be a lasting one. It could be a quick one. Um, but as long as you know your identity and keep growing your identity, you can stand firm in any situation. So moving on to Second Chronicles 19.20, what's going on? We still have Jehoshaphat king of Judah after the war and um, King Ahab was l- left there to die in the war. Jehoshaphat went back safe and sound. However, when he got there, somebody, I don't know if he was a prophet, somebody said, hey, you formed an allegiance. Um, Jehu, 
the seer, the son of something, went out to meet him and said to the king, should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? Because of this, the wrath of the Lord is on you. There is, however, some good in you, for you have rid the land of Asherah poles and have set your heart on seeking God. But maybe he shouldn't have aligned with the king of Israel and went to war. Maybe that uh, King Ahab, um, he shouldn't have gone to war with him. Maybe. You'll have to read it and kind of see what you think. And then he said, um, consider carefully what you do because you are now not judging for mere mortals, but for the Lord who is with you whenever you give a verdict. Now let the fear of the Lord be on you. Judge carefully for with the Lord, our God, there is no injustice or partiality or bribery. So this is King Jehoshaphat encouraging the people, be careful. And then he also told them, you must serve faithfully and wholeheartedly in the fear of the Lord in every case that comes before you from your people who live in the cities. So he's telling them, be careful how you judge others. Be careful how you speak about others. So he's teaching the people of the land. And then in verse 20, he um, has some Moabites and some other Ammonites enemies going up against Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat wasn't hasty this time. He said, okay, wait, stop, time out. Everyone, hold up. We need to pray. He was the king. He could have made any decisions he wanted. But instead he said, everyone, stop, gather. We need to pray. That's exactly what he did. And he did a wholehearted good prayer. And God saw that. He saw their prayer. It's such a good one too. My goodness. It's verse five in chapter 20. Um, if you want to know how to pray, read this prayer. It goes all the way from verse five to verse 12. I like the end where it says, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. So it's a long old prayer. And then at the end he says, we don't know what to do, but we but our eyes are on you, Lord. So good. And God saw that. And he said, do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army for the battle is not yours, but God's tomorrow march down against them and they will be climbing up the pass of Ziz and you will find them all at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jerul. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. So good, right? So they stood firm. God's going to deliver. Do not be afraid. So if you were to read this and say, oh, that's a nice story of war, right? But if you read it, it'll speak to your soul. It'll speak to your spirit. That's why it's so good even to read a story that seems like it doesn't apply to us. But then there'll be one scripture, one word where God is going to speak to you directly. So maybe you're going through something in your life. And you're reading the story simply because you have self-discipline and you want to read the Bible in one year. So you have the self-discipline to read the Bible every day, but you're reading a story and you go, well, this is kind of silly. It doesn't really apply to me, but I have good self-discipline, so I'm going to keep reading. And then out of nowhere, this scripture comes and maybe it's exactly what you needed to hear. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Something speaks to your spirit. 
You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. So good, right? Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out and at the head of the army saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. That's verse 21. And so that's what they did. They went out there singing and praising because God was going, had already delivered them. They had faith. They trusted. They were encouraged. And what happened? They showed up. The people, the bodies were already on the ground. <laughs> that's so silly. Um, great story, right? Good, good, good. He was, Jehoshaphat was king at age 35. He reigned for 25 years. And then what happened? What happened at the end of his life? He did something and didn't seek the counsel of the Lord at the very end. He made an alliance with the king of Israel, thinking it was okay because it's all political. Nope. You got to seek out the Lord in every matter. So he made an alliance with the king of Israel, who was a wicked man. And they were building ships. Well, God was not pleased. And those ships got destroyed. And that was the end of chapter 20. Amazing, right? So amazing. That was Second Chronicles 19.20, 2 Timothy 2. I hope you enjoyed that reading. And you go, and I encourage you to go read it on your own. Even if it's a silly story about a war, that you might go, okay, yeah, that was a nice history. Guaranteed, something is going to speak to your spirit. And it'll just solidify your identity solidify who you are, open up your eyes and take away the, that fog of insecurity or doubt or not knowing who you are. And if you were to, if someone read that scripture to you out of context, you might be like, oh yeah, that was nice, but it doesn't speak to your soul. But when you're in the word on a daily basis, there will be the smallest words that will speak to your soul and it will literally change your life. That's why we read the Bible every single day. Hope you enjoyed that and have a great day. I shall see you tomorrow.